You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women Podcast. This is episode number 419. I am your host, Noelle Tarr. I'm an author. I am the founder of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. Today's episode is with a very special guest. Today, we are just going deep on sleep. Everything from why you can't fall asleep, what to do if you wake up multiple times in the middle of the night to, yeah, if you wake up super early, what do you do? Super annoying. I've been there many points in my life. So we're going to talk about biohacks and shifts and the temperature and what mattresses are best and what position you should be sleeping in. All of that today with Matt Gallant. He has a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. He's been a strength and conditioning coach for multiple pro athletes, a self-defense instructor, and has over 15 years experience formulating supplements. He's also a serial entrepreneur that's built over 13 profitable companies, including Buy Optimizers, which is the company that makes a lot of the products that I love, like P3OM and Masszymes and Magnesium Breakthrough. So today we're really going to break down all the things that typically disrupt your sleep, and we're going to answer a lot of questions from you guys just about what you are struggling with, which is my favorite part. So let's get to the interview. Okay, well, welcome, Matt. I am thrilled you're here to talk about a very popular topic for all of us, uh, including myself, um, but mostly all the women listening, and that is figuring out what the heck is going on with our sleep. So thank you for being here. Yeah, sleep's been one of my personal obsessions and I've certainly been or become a sleep diva over the years. So excited to share everything I've learned. Do you say sleep diva? Yeah, I'm a sleep diva, yeah. <laughs> I like that term. I resonate with that quite a bit. So why are you a sleep diva? Like, <clears throat> have you struggled historically with your own sleep? Yeah. First of all, there's, there are genes that are associated with worse sleep or better sleep. And when I went over my genes with my nutrigenomic coach expert, it popped up, which I wasn't surprised because my father struggled with sleep for the majority of his life. And yeah, I mean, in my 20s, I was obsessed with productivity, worked like 100 hours a week, um, 80 in the gym and a bunch of other things. And I had the the not so bright idea of cutting back my sleep, thinking that I would adapt. And I crashed and burned when I got down to four hours. It took me two months to recover of sleeping eight, nine hours, 10 hours a night. Read Power Sleep by James Moss. I think that was like one of the first best-selling sleep books. And then I just went the other direction. I started sleeping eight, nine hours a night. And that started my sleep diva journey. But what I didn't realize is... I was sleeping only zero. I was only getting zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep at night. So when I started tracking with the Aura Ring, the Zio, I saw that and it correlated with my testosterone crashing, my body mm -hmm. fat being the highest I ever measured on a DEXA scan. And I just never felt great in the mornings, always felt groggy. And that was the moment where I'm like, okay. I need to start doing wh whatever it takes to fix my sleep, optimize my sleep. So I spent about 45 grand 
on almost every sleep gadget, you know, Faraday cages, PMF devices, sleep molecules. Like there's not much I haven't tried and I'm happy to share, you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have some questions for you because it's situation many situations for me personally one my husband is a hard sleeper he can fall asleep like that but then his Mm -hmm. deep sleep every time we track his sleep no deep sleep and then for me i'm the opposite i can't sleep you know i i have i'm the diva i have to have every situation perfect so much so that when we travel it's like we have to i'm like okay we can't we can't travel for too long because if we go like three or four days like by that fourth day i'm wrecked because i'm not sleeping right i'm just it's up and down up and down because my my conditions aren't perfect. So we'll jump into some personal questions later. But um, and we have some great questions from the community. But I want to talk more about all these different nutrition supplement hacks that you've tried. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think that people miss a lot is that when they decide to work on their sleep, they're not necess- they're thinking about, you know, what can I add in or what can I do different? Or what can I, you know, what can I start taking? And then they don't think about the the current situation that they're in and what they can actually remove or what can, they can stop doing because nobody likes to stop doing things that make them comfortable or stop doing things that they like. So talk to me about, first of all, things, common things that um, are sleep disruptors that maybe a lot of people aren't thinking about. Yeah. So in terms of you know, how do you improve your sleep, the main strategy is really just eliminate the things that are disrupting the quality of your sleep. The first big one, which is free that everybody can do is, is light. There's three aspects to light. So the first one is try to get light, blue light into your eyes in the morning. Of course, Andrew Huberman's been screaming from the rooftops about that for a while now, which is great. But even prior to, to hearing Andrew talk about that, I, I had glasses called retimers, which literally just blast your eyes with blue light. A few years ago, there was something called the human charger, which was like ear pods that would shine light into your brain. So those are good tools for people living in cold climates. I'm originally from Canada. I live in Panama now because I don't like brutal cold. Yes. So and it was like minus 40 uh, last week, which is <laughs> yeah. horrible. So if it's minus 40, it's a little tough to go outside and get the blue light for 30 minutes, right? So for people in cold climates, uh, there's other tools, blue light panels, again, the retimers, just just get some form of light shining into your eyes within 30 minutes upon awakening. And what that does, it, it starts a timer, which will essentially make you feel more tired 14 to 16 hours later. So you'll sleep better. You'll actually feel more tired. It, it works incredibly well. And for anybody that wants to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier, that's the number one thing is you're going to have to to suck it up for a couple of days. But if you suck it up, get light into your eyes within two or three days, you'll start to notice that you, you feel tired earlier and it's just easier to go to bed. Second aspect of light is you got to manage darkness. So within about 90 minutes from your target bedtime, you want to start dimming the lights. Some people love red light bulbs. One of my favorite ones that I've heard is some, a lot of people love, love salt lamps. So salt lamps with dimmers. Some people love wearing blue light blocking glasses. They all do the same thing, which is they diminish the amount of lumens of light that's hitting your eyes. And what that does, it tells your brain that it's nighttime, that it's time to start getting ready for bed. And it'll start basically the, it'll kickstart the melatonin production process naturally, which is in my opinion, always a better strategy 
compared to taking exogenous forms of melatonin. We can circle back to that because in my opinion, there's a lot of major mistakes people are making with, with melatonin. So that's the the second piece of light. The last piece is when you're in your bedroom, it should be absolutely pitch black where you literally can't see your hand because your skin has photoreceptors. So if there's a light coming into your bedroom, even if you have a sleep mask or something, it will disrupt your melatonin production. And, and you, the research has shown that. So again, light is a major disruptor of sleep if it's not applied or turned off or on at the right times. So that's number one. Two is temperature. And, you know, when I travel, I travel probably like a week, a month. Um, that's my number one issue. Like I go to a hotel, I, I'll put it as cold as it gets. But the issue is if you have a fast metabolism, if you're premenopause, menopause, if you work out a lot, your body temperature is going to be higher. And what happens is even though the room temperature is cool, your body will trap heat between your skin and the mattress. And that can cause you to overheat and toss and turn and sweat and all, you know, all of these things that'll really disrupt your sleep. So that's why I'm a huge super fan of the chili pad. And I know there's other devices that can help you stay cool underneath your sheets, which is just like an absolute game changer. So when I travel, that's my number one pain point on the sleep side. Cause yeah. you know, I, I tend to not wake up at night, but when I travel, I'll, I'll wake up maybe once or twice cause I'm overheating. So that's, so, that's the second one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you a question about weighted blankets because mm -hmm. it just like popped in my head because that's always a struggle for me is I have a whole quilt and a heavy, you know, down comforter. So we keep the room very cold because I like that weight. I find yeah. that when I travel and you know how hotels, they give you like a really mm -hmm. crappy sheet. Like they just give you a sheet. Now you used to have like more there. So when we went to Mexico, even we had the room so cool, but I had to ask for like three or four blankets to like layer it on so that I felt the weight. So is, have you looked into that at all? And does that help with sleep? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of weighted blankets. I use the one from a Sunday citizen. It's a quartz filled. I've bought a few different ones, but that's, that's my favorite. And yeah, I, and going back to growing up in Canada, obviously, Wintertime, it was you know very cold. My 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 father would cut his own wood and make fire, but the fire would run out by you know two three in the morning, and the rooms would get very cold. And my favorite part about winter was sleeping with five six blankets. You know, it just yeah. felt amazing. I, I used to love that. So yeah, for a lot of people, uh, weighted blankets are a sleep enhancer. But again, you almost absolutely need a chili pad or something at that point because the the weighted blankets can obviously, you know, trap more heat. So I love the balance of a really cold room, the chili pad and a weighted blank. For me, that's, that's the magic zone along with a good mattress and all the other things we'll talk about. Okay. So tell me, tell me what a chili pad is exactly. Cause I think that's probably something new for everybody. Yeah. So I first heard Tim Ferriss talk about it. Um, it's this machine where you, you fill it with distilled water, and it cools the water and it pushes the water, water into this thin sheet that goes underneath your bed sheet. So you don't really feel it. And essentially you can control the temperature. You can, I just bought their newer version. You can program it because in a perfect world, the temperature would actually rise when you're in REM sleep. That'll actually boost your REM hmm. and it'll help you wake up feeling more refreshed. So you want ideally very cold for deep and then a little warmer for REM. 
as and typically REM is going to be later in, in your sleep cycle, later in the evening. So yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible device, um, and I and I have one that's dual side, so my wife can control her her temp, I can control mine, and it's oh, cool. it's absolutely awesome. And I think there's Sleep Eight, which I've never bought, but there, there's some other devices that do the same thing, which is essentially help help you control the temperature above the mattress because that's where people overheat more than actually yeah. underneath the sheets. You know, what's the ideal room temperature for sleep? Has that been studied? Yeah, for it's usually around 65 to 69 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around, you know, 16 to 18 degrees Celsius. I'm, I'm Canadian, so I, I go by Celsius. But yeah, it's around that range. Um, and yes, yeah, some people have colder metabolism. So if you're waking up because it's too cold, then obviously you need to either get more sheets or adjust temperature. But that's that's about the ideal zone. Okay. And one last question about the whole light situation. So you mm-hmm. say, wake up in the morning and look at blue light. So when people hear blue light, they th- they're thinking of their phones, right? So like waking up and looking, should you be looking at your phone first thing to like get yourself up? Because like I was thinking about it this morning and when I woke up, I, you know, I'm up at like six 30 and it's still dark out. So I can't really get the light within the first 30 minutes because it's winter. It doesn't, sun doesn't rise till seven mm-hmm. o'clock. So <laughs> should we, I try to tell people not to look at their phones first thing in the morning, but how, you know, it doesn't matter where it comes from. My suggestion would be turn on, you know, all the lights you have in your rooms, you know, open up the curtains, like just try to get as much light as possible. I mean, you could, you could literally, you know, what would be a power move is, you know, turn the light on in your phone and just blast your eyes with that. I mean, that, that would be, that would be effective actually, which is kind of what the retimer glasses do. Um, It's literally just like this white frame with two blue lights that just shine right into your eyes. And it works really well. Uh, I've used it a lot, especially when you, when you travel and you want to reset your circadian clock. And that's a really important tip for people that travel a lot, especially overseas. So the strategies for eliminating jet lag in like two days max is on the plane, on the way to your destination, you want to try to fall asleep at the same time as you would where you're landing, or you're going to have to just stretch it out and stay awake. So you have to make that decision. But if you're going to go asleep on the plane, that's a great time to use melatonin. So you want to use you know melatonin on the plane to help reset your clock. Then obviously when you wake up, ideally you're getting a light into your eyes, a big breakfast and a workout. And you do that for two days in a row. So two days of melatonin, light in the eyes, big breakfast and a workout that will typically eliminate jet lag completely. So, Hmm. um, you know, again, all the things we're talking about are very applicable for, for travel as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to pressure points. Um, this is something interesting that I deal with a lot, but I've never heard anybody really talk about this when we're talking about optimizing sleep. So what are they and how can we like fix pressure points? Cause I feel like that's really hard to do. Yeah. So when I dive into sleep research and I was literally looking like, what are all the things that disrupt sleep? So first of all, let's talk about like, what do, what do we mean by disrupting sleep? So if you're tossing and turning, and by the way, this is like unconscious, your body is just doing it while you're sleeping. It's not like you're aware you're tossing and turning or choosing to toss and turn. And that is one thing that a lot of these devices are good at tracking, like the Fitbit, the BioStrap, the Oura Ring, 
they'll track a lot of, of movement because they got the gyroscopes in the devices. But what happens is if you have blood flow constriction, your body's going to toss and turn. So how does blood flow constriction happen? Well, especially if you're a side sleeper and let's say you're a man with wider shoulders, you're a woman with wider hips or larger legs, and you don't have the right mattress, you're going to have a lot of pressure on those areas, which traps blood flow and your body's just going to toss and turn to get blood flow going into, into those areas. And again, this is something that just happens unconsciously and it disrupts your sleep. It disrupts your deep sleep. Mm-hmm. It pulls you out of these deeper stages and keeps you into, into these lighter phases of sleep, which is obviously not as beneficial. And that's one of the key messages I want to share with everyone is that it's about the quality of sleep. Like, yes, the quantity matters, but I, I learned the hard way that quality, in my opinion, is more important than just pure quantity. Like, I'd rather get seven great hours than eight or nine crappy hours. And uh, I've, I've experienced both. So, but yeah, so what's the answer? The answer is you you want to use, in my opinion, a memory foam mattress. Why? Because it's designed to help you sink in and it's going to naturally spread the pressure more evenly from your head to your toes. So the question then is, which mattress should you choose? My opinion is, and I'm not paid by them, I'm just a super fan, is Essentia. It's a Canadian company. I spent six months researching mattresses because obviously it's a big decision cost-wise and you know, typically you're going to use it for 10, 20 years. The reason I settled on with them is one, um, they have all these different densities and I'll, I'll circle back to that because picking the right mattress for your body type is critical. And the, the second reason is there's no off-gassing. They're using tree sap. And when I looked at some of these other brands, I'm not going to name them, but you know they're using a lot of oils and they'll off-gas for like six months. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't want to deal with that. And by the way, if, if, if anybody doubts, which I'm going to be frank, I used to doubt the validity of off-gassing. I'm like, you know, off-gassing just sounds, it sounds a little woo to me <laughs> until I worked with a client. He's one of the top agents in Hollywood and he he built two new homes. He moved into these homes and he got this crazy histamine triggering and then he, we, we got him to do the blood work and his rubber levels in his blood were just off the charts. And it was from all the off-gassing from his new homes, right? Obviously, everything is new. So so off-gassing is real. Wow. But yeah, I'm a big fan of Essentia. So let's talk about how to pick the right mattress for your body. If you're heavier, shorter, and wider, or any combination of those things, you want a softer mattress. You want to, You need to sink in more. So if you're taller, lighter, and narrower, then you, you want to go with a denser mattress. You don't need, because you got more surface area and less weight pushing down. So Essentia has a, a custom made one. That's the one I went with where my, my wife's side is completely different than mine. So if I roll over my wife's side, it feels totally different because, mm. you know, again, I, I have wider shoulders. She has wider hips. So we the mattress was customized uh, based on those those differences. So yeah, it's a great mattress, but I know there's a ton of mattress companies. I can't vouch for them. I haven't tried them, but you're picking a really good mattress for your body is key. And for everybody that's a back sleeper, I I envy you. Congratulations. That's the best. 
sleep position for a few reasons. It, it gives you a nice kind of natural spinal adjustment. You don't need to worry as much about the mattress because you're, you've got more surface area that you're sleeping on. So again, the pressure is spread out and it's probably better for your face as well, for your skin. So mm. uh, all, all kinds of benefits if you're a back sleeper, but I, I just can't that. do it. If you want 20% off the best adaptogen blends, plus a little insider info on what I use, listen up. Adaptogens are herbs and functional mushrooms that help your body adapt to stress. They essentially boost your resistance and tolerance when it comes to emotional and physical stress and provide your body with the support it needs only when it needs it. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. The best and easiest way to supplement with adaptogen blends is with Organifi. Here's my tip. Some adaptogens are better in the morning and others are better at night. But it's important to experiment with timing to see what works for you. And you can even experiment with blends according to your cycle and your symptoms. For example, Harmony is an amazing blend of Vitex Berry and Maca, which are known to help relieve PMS symptoms like headaches and mood changes and even cycle irregularities. So you could take this when you're in the second half of your cycle. I like to take green juice, which has ashwagandha mid-morning when I'm stressed and dealing with sleep issues. And I take gold every night before bed. It's my nightcap with reishi. I just mix it with water and that helps me sleep. Support your body, energy, immunity, and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. And I can attest to this. I have not found a blend that I don't like the taste of. These are clinical doses of adaptogens, so you actually feel the difference. Go to Organifi.com forward slash WellFed and use the code WellFed for 20% off. That's Organifi, so O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash WellFed. Use the coupon code WellFed for 20% off. Yeah, I end up on my back occasionally. Like, that's how I wake up in the morning, but I think that that's just because my body's trying to you know, like you said, improve blood flow and get more comfortable. Um, okay. So it's interestingly enough, I just ordered, well, we just, we have an Essentia mattress. I'm on the 30 day trial right now. And we went more denser because like I got the, whatever did the memory foam latex memory foam. And I went more dense because, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a small person. I'm five, six, but I find that for, low back pain, it tends to be a lot better because I need the support. I don't want my hips sinking in, you know, like too much. So when we travel, of course, everybody seems to have soft mattresses wherever we go. And that's why I always end up with this like chronic hip pain. So is there any Mm. one type of mattress, like if you have a specific type of pain, because that's how I feel like a lot of mattresses use the marketing. They're like great for back pain or whatever. And you're like, how do you like, I don't know that, like, unless I try it, you know, everybody's back pain is different, but is there a a good, I don't know, recommendation for people who have maybe shoulder surgery, if you're a side sleeper, side sleeper, cause that's another pressure point versus like, if you have back pain. Yeah. So the, the goal is to have a straight line from your neck down to your pelvis and even your legs. So, you know, if, if you're on your, on your side, and your hips are sinking in more and you've got a slight curve, yeah, you're, you're going to wake up with probably some level of, of muscle soreness or pain. So you want to find the right mattress where like everything's a straight line. Like if you put a ruler 
from the back of your neck down to your pelvis, everything would be basically straight. Something else to try that I would suggest is lift the head of your bed. You You can lift it up to about seven degrees, which is not that much. And that might really help your back. It's something we're trying. It helps for other other reasons. Some people believe that it helps with the glymphatic cleaning cleansing process that your brain goes through every night. So your brain has this cleaning system where it literally has an acid that goes into your brain and then cleans some of the detritus, which is a protein. And it does this every night. So some believe, some people believe that if you lift the head of the bed, it'll help with that. And one thing that lifting the head of the bed really helps with is heartburn, people that have GERD. So there's a lot of good data around that. So if anybody struggles with heartburn, especially when they're going to bed, try lifting the head of your bed. But I'm going to also say that it also might help with your back because you're going to change the angle and change the the gravity forces on your back a little bit. So is that something else to try? Just like put a couple of boards uh, underneath literally the, the uh, head of your bed and see if, see if that helps. Okay. But yeah, you, you have to try mattresses and of course, you know, make sure that it, it works for you. But that's, that's the key thing is a straight line. Um, last question about the Accenture mattress. So I just, because mm-hmm. it was there, they have EMF protection. So I was like, sure, why not? Cause like mm-hmm. everywhere around us now is just massive towers. Con, you know, you just see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Obviously we, we try to, we do find that turning off our Wi-Fi at night helps, but have you seen any benefit from EMF blocking? <laughs> so probably the weirdest thing, uh, one, uh, maybe some couple of other weirder ones, but probably one of the weirdest things I use is a Faraday cage. So it's like a $2,000 plus dollar silver net. It looks like a mosquito net that we have around our bed. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. So yeah, it did not improve. It's one of the things that I would say did not really improve my sleep. Um, after you know spending some time looking at EMF data, talking to people, um, having some clients do some experiments, my current opinion, and again, I'm I'm always game to update my opinion, but my current opinion is that some people are more sensitive to EMF. Like some people, it seems to really activate them, trigger them, energize them, and and that's not so a good way. Um, and other people seem to just not be as as bothered by it. Here's the big thing with EMF, and this is also the same thing with like red light therapy mm-hmm. and red lights in general. The effects are determined by the proximity. So if you don't have a Wi-Fi unit in your bedroom, even though you're seeing signals, these signals are quite weak. You know, if you, if you see a signal from a neighbor that's like two houses down, um, the strength of that signal is is very minimal. So yeah, I, I just haven't seen the one thing that I that I've seen is with the Oura Ring. So the Oura Ring has an airplane mode. And I tried many times to sleep with airplane mode on and off just as an experiment. And that I noticed that if the airplane mode was not turned on and the Bluetooth was activated, that it seemed to disrupt my sleep a little bit. And that makes sense because it's literally right on your skin and it's pulsing, you know, yeah. all, all night long. So yeah, that's my my opinions on the EMF. Okay. All right. So let's talk about what time we should be going to sleep at night. Cause like there's a lot of 
talk about you need to go to bed and the best sleep you get is before midnight. So you need to be in bed at least by 10, blah, blah, blah. So is there a best time to go to sleep? Um, and how is, does that vary from person to person? I think everyone has a best time for them based on their chronotype. Um, if you haven't read The Power of When book, it's a great book on basically chronotypes. And there's a free quiz you can do. Just Google Power of When quiz. So yeah, there's four chronotypes. There's lines that tend to be morning people. They tend to want to go to bed earlier, wake up early. There's wolves, which I'm one of them. We're night creatures. We tend to want to stay up uh, late at night. There's bears, which are kind of in the middle. Then the dolphins are essentially insomniacs. I do believe that based on that and, and then also based on how you've wired your circadian rhythm, it's going to determine the, the best time for you. Let's talk about the second win because that's that's the key point with all of this. So we've all probably had a second win. What does a second win mean? It means that you stayed up past your target bedtime and now you've got cortisol that's being released, which energizes you. From, from an evolutionary biology perspective, and this is just my theory, but it makes sense that if you needed to stay awake for some reason, there was a threat and you know you need to protect the tribe or protect your family, that you would have a mechanism to keep you awake. You know, Otherwise, obviously, it wouldn't be very good. So yeah, cortisol is the answer to that. And again, based on how you program your circadian clock, like for me, it's midnight. So if I go to bed at 11.45, and again, I'm a night owl, so that's kind of probably around the, the upper limit. If I go to bed past that, I say 12.30, 12.45, I'll suffer. Like my deep sleep will be impacted and I'll feel it the next day. Mm-hmm. And if I go if I go to like 1.32, my next day, I'm really feeling it, which happened to me on the on last weekend because I was staying up for <laughs> hanging out with some friends. So yeah, the 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 price is real. Um, and and the challenge is you want to make sure you're trying to go to bed at the same time. Every day, waking up at the same time every day within, I would say, a 15 to 30 minute range. And that's going to really hardwire and program your circadian clock. And as long as you're in bed, again, like 15 to 20 minutes and you're doing all the things we talked about, right? 90 minutes before, turn the lights off, dim the lights. An hour before, take your sleep molecules. And then like 15 minutes before, be in bed, teeth teeth are brushed, lights are off and you know, by the time the your target bedtime comes, you're passed out. Got it. All right. Let's talk about melatonin because this is a big question that we got. So mm-hmm. does it actually help sleep? Because I think that that's the first place people go is they decide, okay, well, I'm just going to take melatonin. It's going to help me sleep. So does it actually, from a, from like, what do the studies say? Does it actually help sleep? And um, like, when is it appropriate to actually take it? So it helps people fall asleep. It doesn't really improve sleep quality. So so let's just break down sleep a little bit and kind of talk about, you know, the different aspects of sleep. One is sleep latency, which is how fast you fall asleep, which you mentioned that sometimes you struggle with that. And we can, we'll circle back to kind of what causes that primarily. But there's people that, you know, it's how fast you fall asleep is one. Two is your deep sleep, which is typically very early in your sleep journey. And that's where there's a lot of rejuvenation. My suggestion is you want to run 
minutes plus of deep sleep. If you're getting 90 minutes plus, you'll feel really, really good physically the next day. The next aspect of sleep is, do you wake up at night? Some people wake up to go to the restroom and we'll, we'll I'll share a couple of little hacks around that to minimize that. And then there's REM and REM is where there's a lot of emotional processing. That's where there's a lot of lucid, vivid dreaming going on. There's a lot of uh, memory consolidation, neurotransmitter formation. So that's really where your, your mood is created for your next day. Like if you're not getting enough REM for two, three days in a row, you're probably going to be in a very bad mood in general. Um, and we we built a, a new product that's coming out this month that significantly increases REM, which is awesome. And, you know, then it's just the total amount of sleep. And then how do you feel when you wake up? Do you feel refreshed? Do you feel groggy, et cetera? So those are kind of all the different ways to look at sleep. And of course, the sleep trackers track some of that. But the other aspect is like the subjective elements of how do you feel? But back to melatonin. So melatonin is very good to help people fall asleep. It's, in my opinion, it's best utility is to reset your circadian clock back to what we talked about earlier. It's very, very good for that. So again, if you're traveling, let's say three time zones, I think it's a good idea to use it for a couple of nights. Let's talk about dosage because this is where what I'm about to say, I've never heard anyone else say it. And I would say goes against the grain. So I have a genetic variant that causes me to wake up when I use too much melatonin. Like I'll wake up after five hours and I just don't really want to go back to bed. I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about it, Andrew Huberman. So there's other people that have this genetic variant. So for that reason, melatonin was never, never on the menu for me as a sleep molecule. However, when I was researching sleep molecules, I was like, let me, let me look at melatonin and take a look at like, how much does the brain actually produce at night? And it's 10 to 80 micrograms. Now, the smallest dosage you'll find in a capsule is typically half a milligram, which is 500 micrograms. That's a lot. That's, you know, up to 50 times the natural amount that your brain would produce. So. I'm like, well, that's that's way outside the range. Let's let me try progressively lowering the melatonin dosage. So we built this spray called Dream Optimizer, and it allows people to get the exact amount of melatonin. It's like 18, 20 micrograms per spray. So then I went to, to 350 micrograms. I was still getting that effect. I went to 150 micrograms. I was still waking up. And then when I got to around 60 to 80. I wasn't waking up like the, the like uh, too early. I was getting really good sleep, falling asleep and feeling really good. So my first, again, radical opinion is that people are just taking way too much of it. Right. The second opinion is that I don't think it's something you want to use every night. Some people claim that there's no melatonin down regulation, but I found research done on rats that showed that it does. And I've talked to people that, told me it took them six weeks to, to get off melatonin to be able to sleep normally again. So it is a hormone. I think that if you use too much of it, you ramp up the dose that there will probably be some receptor down regulation. So for those reasons, I would say use it three, four days a week. Use it on nights where you might be struggling to fall asleep. 
If you stayed up too late and you got that second win, it's a really good time to use it. If you're traveling, it's a really good time to use it. So those are some good use cases for when to use melatonin. And again, my opinion is use it occasionally. Um, my suggestion is try Dream Optimizer and try you know, that 40 to 80 microgram zone instead of these mega doses that people mm-hmm. are using. Yeah, no, I'd actually have to agree because I used to take melatonin nightly. It actually became more of a crutch than than something that I needed. It was more of like a mental, okay, I'm taking it. And if I don't take it, then I would get like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to sleep. And I found I like I'd have to get the one milligram capsules and then like bite a tiny, tiny little bit off. And that's what helped. If I took too Mm. much, I would wake up horribly groggy. And then eventually what happened over time after taking it for probably I would say a year, about a year was I found that I was it was causing me to wake up earlier. I didn't wake up five hours after, but it was like if I took it, I would always wake up at like five or five thirty, which my natural wake up time is like six thirty. So eventually I was just like, I've got to cut it out. So I think something happened where I just didn't take it. I was so exhausted. You know, one of those nights where you don't sleep the night before and I just didn't even take it. And so I slept fine. So I got it out of my brain that I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't taken it since except traveling. Um, and I get much better sleep now. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, that coincides. And like two nights is enough, by the way, uh, when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I've found that even the third night, I start feeling you're not as good. Like two days, it works really well. The third day mm-hmm. um, doesn't seem to, to, to be worth it. So interesting. Okay. So are there, let's talk about minerals um, and macronutrients, and then we'll get into these community questions. So are there any minerals that can negatively or positively impact sleep? I was thinking more about maybe sodium versus potassium, because we know that that plays into the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands produce cortisol and that, you know, is part of our circadian rhythm. So if we're deficient, does do any deficiencies, you know, would that impact our sleep in any way? So question, did you know the sodium potassium impact on brain before the show? Before, before, I'm, I'm very curious because I found this really wild research done on odd mutant flies that I'll get into, but so yeah, so that that's something. Okay, that's interesting. You're so the first. I, I do right now. I'm doing a okay. ton of research on minerals. Like I think okay. minerals are huge. I'm I'm like promoting it a little bit more because I feel like most people with adrenal dysfunction in general are very deficient in either sodium, but especially potassium. Like nobody's yes. talking about potassium. So I just I don't well, know if that plays into the sleep. You got me excited because I'm I'm screaming from the rooftops that people need more potassium. So. Yeah, let's talk about minerals because I think most people are more aware of vitamins, but the reality is very few people have vitamin deficiencies. I mean, yes, some diets, some people, some people have genetic mutations, but almost everyone has mineral deficiencies. One, that the soil has been depleted. Two, certain minerals are just really hard to get from food, even if you were trying to really hyper-optimize your diet. So let's talk about, again, probably my favorite piece of research I found when I was deep diving into into minerals. First of all, uh, I co-formulated Sleep Breakthrough with with Mark Effinger, who's an absolute genius and uh, one of our formulators. And we were talking about minerals to add. And he's like, yeah, we need potassium. I'm like, okay. I'm I'm aware of the, the benefits of potassium for hydration, but, you know, why, why do we want this in sleep? He's like, well... It's going to actually help quiet and relax the heart and slow down your heart rate a little bit. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. 
So let me dive into the literature. So I dive into the literature and I found this research from like 2004 done on odd mutant fruit flies. (laughs) And what they found was that sodium excites neurons and potassium quiets them down, which I'd never heard before. So literally sodium excites your brain and potassium quiets down your brain. Hmm. And I've been using Himalayan salt in my water in the morning for years. Like salt, I'm a big fan of salt coffee as well, which if you've never tried, it's it's great. Basically just black coffee and put salt in it, like mm. quarter, half teaspoons. It becomes more like a savory, a savory drink. Um, I really enjoy that. But yeah, that's a great strategy in general for the morning. But at night, uh, there's another big benefit back to people that tend to wake up at night. And I'm sure you're aware of this because you you mentioned it. Um, If your sodium to potassium ratio is off in your body, you will go to the bathroom two or three times more like that. That's a universal truth. Like if you're drinking water, you will tend to just not hold it and just urinate it very rapidly. Um, And I go through that a lot because I'm, I've been cyclical keto for almost 30 years now. And there are certain days where if I'm not consuming enough potassium, I, I get that effect where I'm just drinking water and it just goes right through me. Whereas if I take enough potassium, I don't get that. So for everybody that tends to wake up and go to the bathroom at night, if you take potassium before bed, that can really help minimize the odds of you waking up to to go to the bathroom. Hmm. So yeah, so potassium is awesome. Uh, Again, most people are absolutely deficient and it's it's the ratio between the amount of sodium they're consuming potassium that's just way off, right? People are consuming eight, 10 grams of sodium and maybe just one, two, three grams of potassium and sometimes way less, especially if you're like on a ketogenic diet, um, you're not consuming potatoes and bananas. Where are you getting your potassium from? So um, there's a product called New Salt, which is like potassium chloride salt that you can use to um, to kind of in the evening. My suggestion is use Himalayan salt earlier in the day for lunch and then at night sh- shift to more of that potassium chloride salt. Super interesting. I've never heard of that salt. Um, it's it's interesting. I love electrolyte replacement. I love Element, for example, but it's so high in sodium and that's necessary. Yeah, their, their ratio is still off in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's great post-workout if you're losing a bunch of sodium. I think that that has helped me personally, but I'm now I'm like, okay, well, what about the potassium? You know, it, I know like cream of tartar is a good <laughs> source yeah. and there's a few other things, but um, it's just not something like I hate bananas. So like, you know, I think about it and I'm like, I'm sure I'm deficient in potassium as I think there, I read a, a research article that said only 2% of people get the daily meet their daily of potassium requirements, which we know is always historically a little low, but also it's not even taking into consideration that like you are dumping potassium when you're under chronic stress. So it's like, even if people are getting it, I'm sure they're still deficient. So I don't know. So that plays into sleep issues, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. If you are merely trying to exist in the modern world, you likely deal with anxiety, stress, and maybe sleep issues on a semi-regular basis. And one of the things that's not talked about often that can help support stress and anxiety is magnesium. Many people understand that magnesium helps sleep, but the body needs magnesium for so much more than that. Magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions, 
And about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium, especially women, because stress burns through magnesium. One critical thing that you can do today to support your adrenals, hormones, and mental health is to take a compound magnesium supplement like Magnesium Breakthrough. Stress and anxiety deplete your magnesium levels, and low magnesium actually contributes to more stress on the body. So it's a vicious cycle. By supplementing with Magnesium Breakthrough, you can break that cycle because you'll be getting seven unique forms of full-spectrum magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. I have been taking two every night before bed for many years, and it's one of the only nutrients that is an absolute must for me daily. For our exclusive offer, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10 and use the code wellfed10 to save 10%. For any reason you don't love it, you can get a full refund for up to a year after your purchase. And for a limited time, if you buy three bottles, you can get exciting gifts with purchase like blue light blocking glasses and more. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10. Use the code wellfed10 to get 10% off. What about, uh, last thing about, you said something about sleep latency. So like problems falling asleep. Do you have any, like, or takes you longer to fall asleep? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah. So I've spent about like nine weeks of my life with electrodes on my head doing neurofeedback and, you know, I've learned a lot about it. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I've hung out with a lot of experts and I understand it enough to, to know that most people that struggle with insomnia, but this shows up in the data. So I've, I've looked at a lot of research on insomniacs. There's two things that show up. One is that they have hyperactive beta brainwave activity, which is not surprising because I know insomniacs and I, I know their brainwave patterns. And what that means is that if your beta brainwave activity is too high in the wrong parts of the brain, you're going to have anxiety. And in my opinion, um, for anybody that's going through that, you know, try to find a neurofeedback practitioner and you can train, you can rewire your brain and, and correct a lot of issues. It's, it's an amazing uh, technology, an amazing uh, tool, a toolbox. But there's some molecules you can take that will actually lower beta brainwave activity and increase alpha brainwave activity. And alpha is when you're calm and you're more heart-centered and you feel more at peace. So when people kind of start meditation, that's typically one of their first destinations. If you do breath work and you do any sort of mindfulness practice, what will happen is your brain waves will slow down. Your beta brainwave activity will start decreasing and your alpha activity will start increasing. But two molecules that will decrease that beta brainwave activity are L-theanine, which has been probably my number one sleep supplement for like seven, eight years. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I just I love L-theanine. It's an amino acid derived yeah. from green tea. And what's great about it is that it relaxes you without causing drowsiness. And, and that was really important to us as we tried every sleep molecule available. We wanted something that had no lingering effects in the morning. We didn't want people to kind of feel hungover. We want people to feel fresh and, and be ready for the day. So L-theanine is awesome. And the other one is, is GABA and pharma GABA is, in my opinion, uh, the strongest GABA. They've, they've done some research comparing pharma GABA versus normal GABA, and it's, it is stronger. And the other thing with insomniacs is they were about 30% deficient in GABA. So GABA is the molecule of chill. It's a neurotransmitter. 
And, you know, typically your, your gut, your probiotics will produce GABA. And a lot of people are just deficient in GABA. So when you take it, you'll feel a significant relaxation effect. And I think it's the gut to brain axis because the GABA won't cross the blood brain barrier. I think it's literally just sending signals through your vagal nerve and it's telling your brain to just calm down. And by the way, we tested, we have a lab with 20 brilliant uh, scientists doing nonstop experiments. And we've tested virtually every commercially available probiotic. The number one probiotic that we tested for GABA production was P301, which is one of our products. Hmm. So, and it peaks eight hours later. So if you take P3OM with dinner, you will be producing a, a healthy amount of GABA in your gut. But yeah, we use Pharma GABA in sleep breakthrough. So those things will help kind of quiet down the monkey brain, mm-hmm. slow down the hamster wheel, whatever you want to call it. But anything you can do to relax your brain, to relax your nervous system before bed will help you sleep, whether it's taking a hot bath, meditation. Um, one of my favorite ones for people that are ideation machines that can't stop thinking of things is a great exercise called brain dumping. It was taught to me by one of my mentors, John Reese. You just grab a book and a pen and you just literally write every idea that's popping into your brain until there's nothing left. Might take you five minutes, might take you 10 minutes, but what happens is As you're writing these things down, it's like your brain feels like, okay, I can relax. It's safe. You've captured it. I don't need to be thinking about it anymore. And for a lot of people that just can't stop thinking, that's a really good little exercise. So, you know, try all of these strategies if you tend to, to have a hyperactive brain, beta brain wave before bed. Okay. So I'll link to uh, sleep breakthrough in the show notes, as well as P3OM. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to some of these questions from the community who are desperate sure. for sleep. So this is from Andrea. She says, "I sleep eight to ten hours most nights, but wake up wake up so exhausted. I've been tested for sleep apnea, and I don't have it, but I do snore. I got an aura ring to give me insight, and I don't seem to be getting much deep sleep." I've tried so many things, hasn't gotten better. I'm now pregnant and it's even worse. Sometimes I only get five to 20 minutes of deep sleep. Any ideas? And this goes back to uh, my husband who sleeps a lot, but gets terrible deep sleep. So what, what, how can we improve our deep sleep? Yeah. Again, uh, she basically told, told my story where I was, where I was at. Um, Mm -hmm. I think all the things we talked about, so cold back to cold for a second, back to the chili pad. You for deep sleep, you want to make sure um, your body temp is is in an optimal zone. By the way, glycine, I'm a huge super fan of glycine. It's another an incredible amino acid. And glycine, if you take three grams before bed, it will help lower your body temp. So that's that's why we use it in, in sleep breakthrough. But you know, another thing that I've done, and I don't do it all the time, but um, anytime I've done it, it's, it's helped my, my deep sleep tremendously is actually an ice bath before bed <laughs> or any sort of cooling tech. Like I, I have a cryo helmet where it's like, literally you put this thing in the freezer and you put it on your head. I have a, an ice vest. I've done ice baths. Um, and I think, again, it's obviously lowering your body temp. And I think it kind of kickstarts. Uh, the whole process. So I've had, and I've, I've talked to other people that have tried it and reported some incredible deep sleep. So I think body temp is a really big deal. 
And you you really need to hyper-optimize your sleep environment and, and try some sleep molecules like the ones we're talking about. So, but yeah, I think what that really emphasizes is, you know, sleep quality again is, is really, really the name of the game. One more comment on sleep quantity that I've noticed with myself and other people is as people get healthier, they'll tend to need less sleep. Like it's like they're sleep, they're sleeping better. Their sleep quality uh, might be improving. And if their health's improving, um, again, like I'm sleeping on average around seven and a half hours now compared to eight and a half, nine, where I was sleeping before waking up feeling horrible. Interesting. My husband Mm -hmm. is massively overheating every night. (laughs) Even though he will change his life. And he I keep trying to fight it. I do. I'm like, I don't want a chili pad because then it's going to be harder when we leave the house. Um, But we should, I should probably now I'm like, well, maybe I should just get it for him for his birthday. I feel like that's probably a huge reason that a lot of people are, are up a lot and don't, like you said, don't actually aren't able to get into their deep sleep is because the room's too hot or, you know, he's always throwing off the covers and it's, you know, he has to wake up in the middle of the night and like cool himself down. And I'm, I think the room's cold. So it's, but Trapping the heat underneath, I think, is probably what's causing the issue. So, greatest greatest birthday gift ever. <laughs> okay, um, I got to write that one down. Okay, so Sarah says, "Why do I always wake up at six a.m. and I can't fall back asleep, even though I'm exhausted?" Likewise, Elizabeth said, "No matter when I go to bed, I wake up at five a.m. mostly well rested and ready to start the day. Is there anything I can do so I can get my eight hours of sleep?" Yeah. So when people, there's a couple potential reasons why people wake up at those times. One is obviously the light. So if your room is not absolutely pitch black and obviously the sun's coming up, you're going to wake up, right? Or at the very least is going to disrupt your sleep. Um, so that's potential reason number one. And again, I strongly advise getting like about two layers of blackout curtains. Like one wasn't enough. I'm like, I can still see a little <laughs> yes. bit of light on top. Let's just add another yeah. another layer. Um, so yes, yeah, so that way you you're not waking up when you don't want to. The second thing that's happening with a lot of people is they've just they just have really strong kind of circadian clocks where they've their body want their again back to the chronotypes. Their lions and their body just wants to wake up. So the only way to get more sleep is to try to go to bed earlier, like trying to sleep later might not be very easy for you for, you know, because again, your body just wants to wake up at five or six. So really to get more sleep, you just need to go to bed earlier instead of trying to sleep in later. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like the, their people are hardcore lions mm-hmm. or, lion, or lioness. Yeah. Unfortunately, I find that when I wake up super early, like if I have to wake up earlier than my normal time, my body kind of gets set in that. And I it takes me about a week to get out of it to where I'm finally like, oh, now I can wake up at 630 again. Um, bless all of you who have jobs that you have to like set alarms and wake up for because it's not for me. But um, and it always screws me up when I set an alarm. <laughs> well, here's here's so here's when I use a decent dose of melatonin, which for me is maybe like 150, 200 micrograms is like I was in, I was traveling a couple of months ago and see Dr. Andrew Huberman in New York and I had to catch a flight after like four and a half hours of sleep to, <sighs> to go uh, to our lab. 
So that's when I'm going to use a, a decent dose of melatonin so that I wake up earlier feeling more refreshed. I'm using melatonin as a hack to wake up oh, earlier. Yeah. So that's that's one uh, strategy. Um, but yeah, for people that you know are waking up earlier now, there's there's another use case for Dream Optimizer. So I would not let's say you're waking up at at six and you want to try to get an extra hour. Don't do this, but if you're waking up in the middle of the night, let's say 3, 4 a.m. and you, you want to catch another couple of hours, you can do like another two or three sprays of Dream Optimizer and you'll you'll pass out and get another really good sleep cycle. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And s- you said sleep optimizer. That's the so, spray. So we right? have two. So we have three incredible products that'll help you with sleep. One's magnesium breakthrough, which I know you've you've mentioned on yeah. the show before. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible building block for serotonin and melatonin. Then we've just released sleep breakthrough, which is has a lot of the ingredients we've mentioned: the glycine, the potassium, the L-theanine, the, the pharmagaba. And then we have a new product, which is a spray, which has a microdose of melatonin, 18, 20 micrograms per spray. It also has California poppy seed, which really increases the intensity of your REM sleep. Hmm. So if you like lucid, vivid, vivid dreaming, uh, it, it will, it will give you that. I gave away a hundred bottles at a mastermind recently. And one guy came up to me at breakfast, like, dude, it was like, I was an avatar, man. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely an incredible REM booster as well as a really great way to get the right amount of melatonin for your brain. Yeah. I love that. I wish I could just control my dreams better so that I could have more fun. Cause I always wake up and I'm like, what the heck was that? Why was I dreaming that? That was such a waste of a dream. <laughs> um, okay. So this one's from Jenny and this is a pretty popular one. Cause I know that this happens to a lot of women. Uh, mm-hmm. She says, why do older women start to develop insomnia or disrupted sleep? And I've seen this happen a lot for women who are entering perimenopause and then also women uh, during menopause, she says, my my mother wakes up every day at 3 a.m. and can't go back to sleep for hours. Then she sleeps from 8 to 11. My grandma did this and my great grandma. Is it hormones? Is it grief after a loved one passes? They all had massive sleep challenges after their husbands passed. Yeah, it's unfortunately our bodies are programmed to peak at around 28, 30 years old. And then a lot of systems start declining, including melatonin production. Hmm. So it's very normal for people sleep to decline as they get older. It's harder to get deep sleep, which means you need to, to spend more time, more energy, more money, optimizing your sleep environment and giving your body all, all the things we've talked about today. Um, so yeah, yeah, again, if people are getting at that age where you know their bodies are not producing enough melatonin, it could be a good use case or a good time to use things like Dream Optimizer. But I'm a I'm a big fan of giving the body the building blocks it needs first to see if you can naturally produce it. So again, things like magnesium and P5P and all the, the other cofactors is where you want to start. And if that doesn't work, then yes, try. You might have to use melatonin. So again, find the right dose for you. And, and, but, you know, my father, his sleep just transformed with magnesium breakthrough. And so is my mom mm-hmm. and they're, they're in the early seventies. So talk to me about wine and how that might impact sleep. This is from Rachel. She says, is wine helpful for sleep? Does it hinder sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's one of the things you got to start looking at as you get older, you can't, you just, 
alcohol affects you in different ways. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, alcohol is not is not a sleep enhancer. So my my suggestion is, let's say you had wine for dinner. Your goal should be to try to clear out as much of the alcohol as possible before you hit the sack. Um, couple tips around that is obviously try to drink a lot of water. That'll help. The other thing that <laughs> it's going to be a weird one, but um, we have this guy. He's he's a good friend of ours. He's actually a cover model. Really likes to drink. Is in phenomenal shape. Trains twice a day, but he, he really likes to drink. And he says that Mazzymes is an absolute game changer for, hmm. um, you know, clearing out the alcohol, which is. Again, it, it it's not built for that, but it would make sense that the enzymes could help process. Uh, obviously, processes the food. We know that, but yeah. So he he'll do like a pretty hefty dose of masszymes um, after dinner if he's drinking and in the morning, and he says that it helps him. Like it's like a game changer for him. So, anyways, uh, water enzymes. Try to clear out as much of the alcohol as possible because it will wreck your sleep. Yeah. I read that it actually changed the structure of your sleep. Like you get more deep sleep up front, but then your REM sucks. And most people will wake up a lot more in those early morning hours if mm -hmm. like when they drink. So yeah, sucks. Um, okay. So one of my last questions here is from Stephanie. She says, what's the best thing to do when you wake up in the middle of the night and you feel like you can't go back to sleep? Dream optimizer, two, three sprays. Okay. Um, I mean, the big one, the other big thing to avoid is light. So if you're going to the bathroom, again, the thing to realize about light is it it destroys melatonin in near real time. So if you wake up and you're turning on the lights, you got light sensors, whatever it is that you're using, um, that bright light will wake your brain up. It will destroy any melatonin that you, you've got in your brain, essentially. And it'll be hard to go back to bed. So make sure that if you need the light to see where you're going, um, you can use these little child lights that you plug into the wall with a red light bulb mm -hmm. and try to cover it as much as possible. Like make sure there's nothing, there's no blue light, there's nothing bright hitting your eyes and then two, three sprays of Dream Optimizer and go back to bed and you'll have a, a good night or a, a good, uh, not a good sleep cycle. Yeah. Um, what I have in each of my kids' rooms since they're still young and still need help in the middle of the night is um, these these like squishy, I think they're called Lumi Pets, but the reason I got them, because they need night lights at night, the reason I got them is because they turn all different colors. So I set it to red. So mm -hmm. in their room, there's only red light. And I can see fine, you know, when you're in it's the middle of the night, you you have a little bit of light, right? It's it's enough. So um the red light just in their rooms as a nightlight is not only beneficial for them, it helps us that when we're going into their room, we're not like having to turn on a light or a nightlight or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. I've got a a nine month baby girl and mm -hmm. a lot of people ask me, how's your sleep? My sleep's awesome because we're optimizing her sleep. Yeah. You know, she'll, she's sleeping like eight hours straight. So, yeah. Um, and uh, I've been feeding her, again, not uh, medical advice, always consult your family physician, but I've been feeding her P3OM since she's mm. a couple of weeks old, just taking the capsule and mixing yeah. that in with her milk. And I think it's helping her sleep better. Interesting. Um, okay. This is from Chris. Uh, Christiana, she says, Thanks for your podcast. I'm a diehard fan of magnesium breakthrough and I use it daily with. Mm -hmm. 
a significant improvement overall. However, all bets are off when I'm on my cycle for three to four days of my cycle. I essentially functioning and three on three significantly poor hours of sleep. Any insight or suggestions would be amazing. So obviously, because women have a menstrual cycle, we have these changing variations of hormones and all those things are the, is there are the things we should be doing during luteal or even when we're you know on our period that actually helps us improve our sleep when our, when typically it's a pretty sucky time for sleep well it just so happens we have two major products coming out the first one is a herbal pms formula developed by credible neuroscientist chinese herb expert so that's going to be coming up probably in May or June. Um, okay. we're, we're testing it right now. And then we're also working on something that's going to be far more sophisticated, probably coming out later this year, that's going to really try to optimize a woman's brain and body as she's going through the the, the four phases of her monthly cycle. So yeah, we're working on some really good solutions. Uh, nothing I can share yet, but hang in there. It's coming. <laughs> um, last question is, is there any correlation between breastfeeding and dreams? I'm not meaning the first couple months postpartum when hormones are so out of, out of whack. I'm actually only a six months postpartum with our third baby. I'm exclusively, nur- exclusively nursing and I have so many dreams every single night. It's happened with each of our kids. Well, then once weaned, I don't have as many. Just curious if there's any studies or if this is just hormones. Thank you. Yeah, I've never studied that. But again, just to kind of highlight what's happening during REM is a lot of emotional processing. So obviously, nursing and being becoming a mother and take care of a baby is a very intense emotional experience. So just from that perspective alone, I, I'm not surprised that a woman would be having more dreams just because there's yeah. so many emotions happening obviously very good emotions but emotions nonetheless but yeah i'm not aware could could be some other hormonal things as well but that's a good thing like you know so let's just just wrap up on this rem and deep is not just the quantity but there's a qualitative element so when your dreams are more intense Um, and your eyes are darting back and forth faster, you're getting like a more intense REM. There's a higher quality of REM. Same -hmm. thing with deep, like there's levels of deep sleep. It's not just, oh, I got 20 minutes or I got 90 minutes. It's, you know, the amplitude of the Delta waves while you're in in deep sleep were stronger or or higher. So yeah, if you're dreaming a lot like that, I would say embrace it, enjoy it. It's a good thing. I find that I actually have more dreams if I'm up in the later part of the night. So, you know, between four and five and six a.m., that's when I have the weirdest dreams because I like wake up and I go back to sleep and then I'm like in this weird dream and then I wake up and I'm like, what was that? And then I fall back asleep and I'm like back in it and I'm like, this is crazy. So I feel like sometimes, especially if you're nursing, um, Samantha, that, you know, you may be up a little bit more. And so then it's like you can kind of remember things better. Uh you just things are a little bit more vivid when you're like kind of woken up out of a, a deep Reno REM dream. So um okay, Matt, thank you so much for answering all these questions. We got through everything, which is great. Where can we find more about you? Yeah, my my life's work is being channeled through uh through bioptimizers and or done through bioptimizers. So yeah, bioptimizers.com. Um, you know, Matt Galan on on Instagram, you'll see me 
post a picture of my cats uh, for a, a sunrise or something every few weeks. I'm not very active on social media, but yeah, we got all kinds of things coming out, including here's the big announcement. We have the ultimate nutrition book coming out. It's going to be published by Hay House coming out in September. We've been working on this for three years. Um, we cover every nutritional strategy. The The core message of the book is we're going to give you all of the the knowledge you need to build the right diet for your brain, for your genetics, and for your goals. So really excited about it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, again, I think the most thorough nutrition book that's ever been written and coming out in September. Awesome. Okay. So I just tested bioptimizers.com slash well-fed, which has historically been my link, but we've been doing so much promotion of magnesium and stuff. Um, I didn't know if it would still work. So it's still working. And right as you right on the homepage is sleep breakthrough as the new supplement. Um, and if you scroll down, you'll see all the other ones like P3M and Masszymes and all that kind of stuff. So um, I believe well-fed 10 should work as a coupon code. So you can test that out. <laughs> Let me know if it works, but thank yeah, you, Matt. I really appreciate, I appreciate yeah. your time. Um, that was thank great. You, thank you for answering all these questions. So thank you guys. Thanks for being here. And thanks for sending us all these questions. I will talk to you next week. <laughs>